Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, the Davos man is worried and digital media startups are finally profitable. But first, the crackdown on legal immigration. So when we think of President Trump and immigration policy, it's usually in the context of undocumented folks trying to cross the southern border. But the White House has also been very active and increasingly restrictive when it comes to legal immigration. Things like tighter rules on the numbers of refugees that are accepted, to the so-called public charge rule, to an unexpected crackdown on pregnant women being allowed to enter the country in order to slow so-called birth tourism. That last one was first reported over the weekend by Axios' Steph Kite and Jonathan Swan, and we'll go deeper on it soon. So according to the Department of Homeland Security, legal immigration fell more than 7% between fiscal years 2016 and 2018, and some interest groups think the drop is even steeper. No matter what the specific number, everyone agrees that the administration's policies are having a tangible impact. And why that matters beyond the obvious issues of morality and humanity is that a growing number of U.S. labor economists worry that fewer immigrants could lead to a significant worker shortage, thus harming the economy. Remember, we are at near record low unemployment. And we simply don't birth enough babies to keep up with economic growth. In the past, immigrants, both legal and illegal, have filled that gap. Now, yes, it is possible we are in a new normal because of automation, but it's also possible, probably even likely, that current legal immigration policies, ostensibly designed to protect American jobs, will result in unfilled American jobs and slower economic growth. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios' Steph Kite. But first, this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to DC. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios' Steph Kite. Let's start with this rule that's apparently coming this week or this proposal. It's about birth tourism. Explain what's coming. So there's a rule that we're expecting to get rolled out later this week, which would essentially change the requirements for B visas, which are the visitor visas that tourists or people coming to the U.S. for business meetings would be using. And so this rule would change the requirements that would prevent people from using them for birth tourism. So they would prevent people from coming to the U.S. only to have a child who would become a U.S. citizen. Is this considered a real thing? Obviously, there's one-offs here and there. Everything's a real thing. But is it, a, for lack of a better term, a problem? Are there lots and lots of pregnant women coming? to the U.S. for the purpose of having a child and then leaving? So one of the issues is there isn't exact data on this. And of course, we hear stories about there being raids of certain hotels or hospitals where we've seen companies abuse the system in order to bring oftentimes Chinese nationals or Russian nationals to the U.S. to have their kids here. So we do know this happens sometimes, but it's hard to tell really if this is a problem. The only people who really come out with data on this is an immigration restrictionist group, CIS, which tends to promote these kinds of policies that the administration is looking at. How would it actually work? Will embassies or will countries start screening visa applicants to see if they're pregnant? Does it become a question on an application? How does this actually work? It's a really good question and one that I don't have a complete answer to at this moment. It'll be interesting to see how they plan to roll this out. What we do know is this rule would just be one step toward combating birth tourism, and it's unclear exactly how this would go into place. So it could be that they'll let State Department officials decide for themselves. They'll leave it to their discretion when they're interviewing someone or receiving an application to determine whether they think 
the visa is going to be used for birth tourism. It could be a more explicit rule against X number of months pregnant women coming to the U.S., but it's really unclear right now. And how they decide to roll this out, how they decide to enforce it could really make the difference whether they get sued or not. Let me ask about the lawsuit piece, because it would seem like this is kind of a ready-made case for a discrimination lawsuit. Absolutely. So one of the issues is that there is a lot of discretion given to officials who look at these applications and who make the final decisions on whether someone gets to be granted a visa or not. And it's very difficult for foreigners who are outside of the U.S. who don't yet have a visa to bring a lawsuit on good legal standing in the U.S. So whether it's legally questionable or not is one thing, but whether it's actually they'll be able to challenge it is another. So the people I spoke to said that it is legally questionable, especially depending on how they decide to try to enforce this, but it'll also be very difficult to bring those legal challenges. Is there going to be pushback, do you think, from the U.S. tourism industry? You you know, think of Disney World or any other sort of kind of call it family place or whatever. If you're six months pregnant, can you, you know, you live overseas, can you now not come on a vacation to the U.S.? I think that's one thing that we're certainly looking at. And I think we can imagine a situation where if this is not enforced properly, we will see women who happen to be pregnant who need to come to the U.S. for a business trip. Or, yeah, as you pointed out, a family who's coming to visit Disney World and they're unable to come because the wife is pregnant. Or a work trip. I mean, obviously somebody who's got to come here for work. Exactly. So I think that's one of those things where if that happens, we're certainly going to see news coverage and that's certainly going to open them up for lawsuits. But one other thing to keep in mind is that oftentimes people don't apply for a visa to come to the U.S. to have a kid. Oftentimes they already have one of these visas and they could get pregnant after they've already been approved the visa. So this might not even be enough to combat certain people who would be trying to take advantage of. Can we talk just a little bit broader here, which, and as I said in the open of this, you know, when you think of the Trump administration, you think of immigration, it's usually about illegal immigration, but there's been a lot of restrictions put on legal immigration. Is there any concern that you hear within the White House that we are potentially, maybe it's longer term than Trump's going to be in office, even if he wins re-election, but there could become some sort of worker shortage here because we don't have enough, it's an issue that Europe's already dealing with. We don't have enough kids here to maintain the workforce growth levels that we need. That is a really good point and something that lots of people in the immigration world are paying a lot of close attention to, the falling fertility rates and looking at how important it is to the U.S. to have immigrants coming to the U.S. and working. So that is a concern. And I think it's interesting to note that President Trump and some people in his administration have actually talked about wanting more immigrants, especially legal immigrants. From particular countries, usually, when Trump talks about it. Yes, usually from particular countries and with the idea that they would be coming here on high-skilled visas. And it's actually interesting because there are a group of people who are restrictionists who think we should be letting in less people overall. And they're actually really mad that Trump has said these things. They actually hate that the president says he wants more legal immigrants. But a lot of the focus has been at the border over the past few years. And so I think even in the media, while we've covered a lot of the issues at the border and we've covered a lot of the issues with unauthorized immigration, there's a lot the administration has done to really cut back on and make it harder to get legal visas as well. Final thing, you know, you say that there's kind of the restrictionists who are upset that Trump has said the things, but when it comes to actual policy coming out of the White House, it seems that the restrictionist wing has won out even over Trump's own rhetoric on allowing people, particularly, say, from certain European countries in. Oh, absolutely. If you look at denial rates for certain visas, even H-1B visas, which are high-skilled work visas for tech companies often, even they have faced difficulty getting as many visas as they did in the past. So we've seen kind of across the board, both with legal visas and border crossings, we've seen rule after rule, regulation after regulation, making it more difficult for people to come into the U.S. Steph Kite of Axios, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My final two, right after this. 
There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two, and first up is Davos, Switzerland, where billionaires, gadflies, and elected leaders this week are hobnobbing for the annual World Economic Forum. President Trump this morning gave a speech which amounted to an all-economic-systems-go, but the CEOs in the room might not have believed him. PricewaterhouseCoopers last night released a survey of more than 1,500 global CEOs, showing that a majority of them, 53%, expect global economic growth to decline in 2020. That's up from 29% last year and just 5% in 2018. In fact, it's the survey's highest level of worry since 2009 in the midst of the financial crisis. How come? In two words, trade conflicts. And in there, that might be the biggest difference between the CEOs and Trump. What they see as uncertainty and fear, he sees as electoral leverage. And finally this morning, The Athletic has announced that it's raised $50 million in new venture capital funding. This is the subscription-based digital media company focused on sports that was launched about four years ago. And why it matters is that there has been a quiet resurgence for these sorts of companies, just a year or two after venture capitalists left them for dead in a sea of red ink. Axios' Sarah Fisher reports that Vox, Business Insider, The Information, and yes, even us here at Axios, all turned profits in 2019. Some of that is the strong advertising environment, some of it is platforms like Facebook and Apple beginning to share a bit of their revenue, and some of it's just better management through tough lessons learned. The bottom line is that the next generation of media might just survive. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Squirrel Appreciation Day. Squirrel! And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.